0: Here at She's in the Game, we acknowledge that this episode is recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people listening with us today. Bonus up!
1: Hey you guys, we're back. We're back a little bit early. We've got a... uh, bonus episode is a little treat for you guys. Uh, We thought there's a lot happening in the world of cricket at the moment. The uh, Women's World Cup's just wrapped up and same with the WNCL. So we thought we'd jump on here and uh, provide our thoughts on uh, some key performers and some much talked about moments from the tournament. Hen, let's start it off with that uh, semi-final.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting final that we didn't think we would see. We were expecting probably an Australia India final. I think that was definitely what we predicted. But saying that England overcame India in the group stages and Australia found themselves up against India in this first semi-final and it provided it well and truly did. And saying that Australia did come out on top. Defending 172, winning by five runs. So there's a bit to go through in terms of this semi final, but I think the key thing here is uh,
1: the way Australia just seem to dominate and find ways to win. Hey, Mato, they always do. They just, oh, they just know how to win, no matter sort of what situation they're in. They've just got girls who are world class. They just step up to the challenge and they can just perform really well under pressure. And, yeah, the, the game was was full of pressure, I would say. It was really tight. Uh, India seemed to put Australia on the back foot. And, yeah, it, it was a very tight game, you know. It could have gone either way. But, yeah, Australia sort of stuck at it and, and it was a great little tussle.
0: Yeah, well, Australia batted first. And if I walked off the field after batting first with 172 to defend, I'd feel pretty confident saying that. India are a side full of powerhouses and they they gave it a red hot crack but the the Mooney and Lanning partnership once again key for this Australian side they looked to start the innings well they lost a couple of early wickets and then the platform that they set just set once again ash gardner up for another quick fire 30 and it just shows that this unit knows exactly what their role is and they're constantly getting better at providing at that role and once again we see ash have this high strike rate after a platform set by mooning and lannings and then we see players at the back end obviously create a total of 172 which is a bowler i'm walking out there pretty confident
1: Yeah, same. i i would definitely take that any day of the week especially in a uh in a semi-final you know your your top order have done their job they've set the the middle to lower order girls uh, a platform to come in and play with freedom and, and yeah as you said ash gardner has just played that little role there. It's always a bit deflating as a fielding team when you have a player who comes out who strikes about 172, gets 31 off 18 and it just sort of puts a little bit of pressure back on you and and it's a nice way to finish the innings, especially for um, Australia's confidence to to take the field knowing that, yeah, they've already sort of put India under the pump there just just by capitalising on the back end of their innings. Then, obviously, the second half of the game gets underway
0: and we see India in control pretty much at that halfway point. Jemima Rodriguez and Harmanpreet call the skipper set the crowd alight. They were clearing the boundary. They were both striking above 150, I think. Jemima, 43 of 24. That's a great knock by a player who's been up and down in form over the last few years. Harmanpreet call 52 of 34. You always know she's capable of something like that. Saying that, that's the the tipping point of the game. Australia take two quick wickets. Uh, Jemima Rodriguez tried to play a little uppercut off Darcy Brown. I think she'd look back and, and see that that ball would have been a wide and, and maybe decided to, to let that one go, especially at the, the rate she's striking at. And then I think we have a bit to talk about in terms of this, this Harman Preet dismissal. It's a, it's a tough one.
1: Yeah, obviously... Uh... Jemima and Harmon did a great job to to get that partnership going after the, the top three sort of fell cheaply for under 10. So it's a tough circumstance for, for those girls to come out and try to rebuild the innings after probably not the best start or not ideal. So, yeah, for those girls to to come out there, I think that was a point where Australia were really put on the back foot and, and really put under pressure. And and I, I think Jemima and Harmon probably felt the pressure too, obviously. There's that, uh, yeah, the mistake of the run out, um, the old bat getting stuck in the ground. It almost looked like she was running forward, finishing a hundred meter sprint. If only it was head across the line. If only it was head across the line. Maybe that's a rule change.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. We got bats for a reason. It's, it's tough.
1: It's really is, but
0: it's actually funny because we both saw that split screen of where her head was over the line, but her back bat had got stuck. So yeah, there's, there's two ways that you can look at this. It's oh, a bat got stuck and that's really disappointing. Unlucky, like cricket's a, a tragic game sometimes, but I also went back and watched it on the replay and I go, ball watching, number one thing. You're told not to do as a batter once you hit the ball. Also, there's a way to avoid your bat getting stuck. It's called sliding your bat. Yeah, and getting I think down that's and the dirty. Number, <laughs> that's the number two thing we get told is a, a batter running between the wickets. And it just shows. Like you see the history of India and often they're running between the wickets is quite poor. Not always in this way in terms of dismissals, but when you come up against an Australian side who you're trying to sneak runs off because of how good of a fielding side it is, it has been seen in the past that they're running between the wickets is something – they need to have more game awareness around. And I think Alyssa Healy uh, absolutely nailed it in a comment I saw where it's a a pretty simple task to not slow down halfway through the pitch because you think you're set.
1: Um, You never know what happens at the other end when it gets thrown into the the keeper or bowler. So you always got to give it your all. And and yeah, I think, I don't know, in a moment like that, knowing that how valuable your wicket is, wouldn't you rather get down and dirty and, and just put a little bit more extra effort in, go for the old slide and get... Get covered in, in crap on the front of you. <laughs> Looks good after. looks like you've tried hard. Exactly, exactly. I always
0: want a bit of a skid somewhere from a nice dive in the field or something. But then the, the throwing of the bat just didn't really sit well with me, not due to the fact of disappointment. I, I'm awful vulnerability and showing your emotions in terms of it's a tough sport, cricket, and often there's more bad days than good. But I think in that very moment when you're the leader of the side, you've also got young players about to come in you've just lost two quick wickets. The message that sends to the rest of the dugout is quite a tricky one in terms of uh, whether they think that's the game gone or, you know, they well and truly nearly still chase it down. I think uh, JJ and Ash, once again, under pressure, the last two overs. I think there was 11 needed off the last over. Um, so well Which and truly still within reach. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tricky, but I would recommend um, trying to avoid the fine for dissent. Um, not descent probably abusive equipment but um once again as I said before JJ and Ash unreal
1: yeah obviously yeah I totally get your point and, and I completely agree with you yeah harm and throwing her bat sort of sets a tone of disappointment and and almost a, I don't know not necessarily give up attitude but definitely a defeat a defeatist attitude I would say and and for your team to sit in the dugout and see such emotion, yeah, you know that it means a lot to um, to Harmon and and what the whole tournament means to the whole team. But yeah, just as a as a tone, it just doesn't really set the right vibe, I would say, for the team. But. Yeah, Ash and uh, JJ definitely capitalized on on a moment like that knowing that the fall of the partnership that was going to take the way take the game away. That was the the tipping point and and they really capitalized on that and you know, they're two world-class players and JJ just does so well under pressure. We've seen her so many times in Big Bash with those crucial overs. She takes the ball um, is able to either snag a wicket or concede runs so yeah she she's practiced moments like those and yeah it was able to, to come off on them and yeah it was just great to, to see Australia back in the in the World Cup final and I guess they were waiting on the sidelines seeing who they were going to play so let's take it to semi-final number two.
0: Yeah and we were all at home waiting probably waking up to see who would uh, win semi-final two and I think there was probably more people waking up expecting to see England come out and, and into a World Cup final but saying that the host nations, South Africa, absolutely pulled out a brilliant victory to lead themselves to their first T20 World Cup final, which creating history is absolutely special, let alone doing it at home. I can just imagine the the feelings within that group when they realised they were going to be heading to a World Cup final.
1: Yeah, I was pretty surprised um, to wake up and see that South Africa had beaten England. Um, I thought we are all on for a little bit of a pre-Ashes treat Australia versus England in the final. Um, obviously, they, they had a pretty good tournament. So for South Africa to capitalize on the home crowd and, and just know that there was so much support behind them and, and also, you know, go through that the little bit of um, controversy early on with the the loss of their captain, Darnia Kirk being left out due to, yeah, fitness benchmarks. But yeah, you know, the girls, the South African girls just went out there with such confidence. And yeah, I think they just were so determined to, to win and, and Laura Woolworth and Thames and Brits just really set the tone early with their um, with their opening batting partnership and uh, put England on the back foot early. Yeah, it was uh, amazing to see that
0: opening partnership, and I think they've been threatening to do that the whole tournament, and they've done it in an important game for the side. Saying that once again, your sixes teammate Sophie Eccleston, the pick of the bowlers. It's not uncommon, uncommon, uncommon sights <laughs> anymore. Geez, that's a tongue twister. Not even. I just butchered it. Um, <laughs> But three for 22, she's economical. She's taking wickets at key times. And I think, like we say most times as a bowler, you walk out uh, ready to defend 158 and you'd feel pretty confident. But also on the other side of that, I think England would have thought that, sorry, 164 would have been well within their reach and... Yeah, look at the scorecard for England and it definitely was. I think Wyatt, Dunkley, Siver and Knight have all had a contribution there, whether it's through 20s and 30s. And the hardest part about that when you look back for England is they're all pretty experienced players now within that lineup and it probably just needed one of them to kick on and take a a bit of momentum through the start of a partnership between two of them or, yeah, just that, that back five overs. It looked as if they were well and truly in with a chance. And you see... Anything can happen in the game of cricket, and South Africa did really well to defend that total. We saw Ayabonga Kaka, who I've seen go up the, the rankings in the ICC T20 uh, rankings in four for 29, some massive performance, as well as Nadine de Klerk backed it up with a very very economical spell. And, you know, Cappy just doing Cappy things, going yeah. at six, <laughs> taking early polls, all that fun stuff.
1: A little quick fire with the bat, 27 off 13. She's a dangerous all rounder, isn't she?
0: Yeah, she's uh, she's definitely a much better player batting at 3 for South Africa. I love that move. I think I said that in episode 1. And I was like she needs to be batting at 3 and they've uh, they've answered that call. Yeah, they, they
1: did so well. Um, yeah, as you said, I think it all came down to the, the top order, just not having someone go big. And, and that makes it really hard for the back end to chase, um, especially being under pressure and knowing that what's on the line is a, is a World Cup final. And yeah, unfortunately for England, they, they didn't make it. But fortunately for South Africa, first time that um, a South African team has made a World Cup final. T20 World Cup or one day as well?
0: I feel like it's T20. I yeah. feel like back in the day, they've definitely made an ODI We can. We can check that out. Ooh, that. Saying Patrick. that, sold out crowd. Uh, Newlands, a historic ground, especially for Test cricket. I've watched many Test cricket games there. Of course for you Australia have. Versus <laughs> South Africa cricket, Nuffy, just watch every <laughs> game of cricket. Apologies. But Australia win the toss. Electabat runs on the board in a final. Massive win. Saying that, the start from Mooney um, and then especially the way they went about their order was a bit different. So Mooney and Midge started a little bit slow. Saying that, Mooney knows how to win a T20 World Cup final once again 74 or 53 batted the entire innings and then we saw Ash come in at three Grace Harrison at four then Meg at five it really showed how they wanted to go about setting this total and yes Grace didn't pay off we see another great cameo from Ash but you look at that batting innings and I loved it I think the way they went about it it just shows they're ready to win another World Cup
1: yeah, obviously, Australia probably didn't start as fast as they would have hoped. Um, but, yeah, we saw, obviously, Ash and Grace come in a little bit later to, to try to catch up and, and add a few more runs to the ball. But, yeah, they only ended up with one five six, And I don't know, that number's just a little bit below that comfort zone of, I think, like 170, 175. I think that would have been probably ideal for Australia. But in saying that, they did really well and conceded South Africa.
0: Yeah, we saw, I think especially in the start of that innings, the silence of the South African crowd when they took early wickets. And that's just that eerie feeling that they probably weren't used to as a unit, but saying that they lifted, they continued to take wickets. And then we saw Laura Wolva have a have a good crack there. I think I, I love the way she went about setting the start of that innings. I think she realized she's got to bat for as long as possible for that team to, to get over the line, especially when uh, Cappy got out to Ash uh, quite early, not for many runs. So I look at the way they, they built that partnership and then especially when Tryon came in and Laura Wolvart then, yeah, like I said, went off a little bit, hit the, I think the sight screen on the full. There was a couple over mid wicket couple and then we know what Chloe Tryon can do. Yeah, they were they were big shots. And yeah, then we see once again Megan shoot bowling that iconic Yorker to trap Wolvart in front. And I feel like that was the, probably not the tipping point, but then as soon as JJ, once again, crucial time, gets try on bold, I think they needed 36 or 15 at that point. And I'd be sitting on the sidelines of South Africa with try on in, hoping she can get that across the line, which she well and truly could. And Australia end the game as World Cup champions once again.
1: Three-peat. I know, the 3 peak. God, they're good. Can I just can't imagine having to prepare to face Australia. They're just that stacked, you know. They they bat as deep as 11 and, and I reckon... Meg could even have a trundle if they needed it. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that. They've just been put under pressure so many times that when they get stuck in these situations, when they're playing with a lot on the line, they just find a way. And it's yeah, it's really impressive. And, yeah, they definitely deserve to be um, the world's best women's cricket team. Yes, definitely.
0: We, uh, we did make some predictions as well in terms of player of the tournament, player of the final, leading run score. And I think you were pretty close in terms of... Uh, Beth Mooney up there. She did finish player of the final. Uh, she was striking at one, nearly 140s, 10 boundaries in that innings. I actually remember seeing one, and she's on the last ball of the – sorry, first ball of the last over, whacked it straight and middled the camera lens, and it's oh. bounced back off the field, onto the field. And I was like, whoa, she's absolutely middled that to be Target able to hit practice. the trajectory. Yeah, and whacked it. And I was like, I've never seen it act- – I've seen it hit the camera, but not the actual lens.
1: Yeah, she's just on fire at the moment. She's probably my most hated batter to bowl at. She just knows how to score runs and and knows how to stick it out. You know, when she gets when she sort of uh, struggles at the crease, she just knows that if she can just grind it out a little bit further on, she can uh, capitalize and, and catch up. And yeah, she she's a big uh, six hitter. And yeah, she probably had her eye on that camera. I reckon. <laughs> I have to ask target her. practice, like you said. Any surprises for our uh, player of the tournament? No surprises. She's worth every penny, Ash Gardner. <laughs> the Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely worth that half a meal. Shall we uh talk all things WNCL final? What a game. Craziest game of cricket I've ever witnessed.
0: And I didn't even I didn't get a chance to watch much of it. I was uh up in Alice Springs with the National Indigenous Cricket Championship. Shout out to the gals. They've uh unfortunately just lost the final, but a massive effort from the group to make it to the final. Sad times. Um Saying that best wake up there with the gals, and I remember watching. I only got to watch the last over, and that's when I texted. I can't you. believe what happened. Yeah, Mado literally texts me being like, Are you watching this? This is a podcast
1: content, and I was like, <laughs> I'm turning it on right now. Yeah, and, I, oh, crazy. Honestly, that was probably the most insane game of cricket that I've ever witnessed. That the last three overs of that game, so. I probably yeah, I missed the first half, but I reckon I turned it on just as that rain they went off for that rain delay. And and at the time I think at the time I think the Scorps came off ahead with the Duckworth Lewis and and I don't know, they, they were probably one wicket away from it being in the, in uh, Tassie's favour. So the game was sort of at a, at a tipping point there and um, I wasn't sure if they were going to come back on the field actually. And so I went and I was getting ready for bed because it was getting late and um, I was very tired. And then I ended up flicking it back on and noticed that they'd, they'd come back on and there was three overs left.
0: Well, yeah, when they came back onto the field, those, those last three overs, we saw Coity, then Amy Smith and then Cody bowled that last over that deserves a whole other section itself but we saw at that moment in time Annie O'Neill and Gemma Barsby brought it back well and we've probably got to touch on first of all the back-to-back centuries in WNCL finals from Elise Filani and probably more incredibly from her last five innings three of them have been centuries which lead I think you don't ask for much better prep than that leading into a WNCL final you then add the captaincy on on top of that in terms of she's just led Tassie to back-to-back finals, two years taking over the captaincy. and But then, we, yeah, we come back to this moment where you have two set batters that were striking at, at quite a good rate, had got their game back into it after the dismissals of Webb and DeBro a little bit earlier on. And then we see the wicket of Annie O'Neill in that, that first over after the, the rain delay. And then, yeah, that last over. And to be fair, Amy Smith, Massive credit. I think that over before the last over, so it didn't play out the 450. I think it was that was the 46th over. Yeah. Like um, to see a young leggy having a crack at that over, massive tick. Also, a massive tick to the lease for to have that faith in a younger player. But yeah, Mado, speak through that last over.
1: Yeah. I, well, as you mentioned, Annie O'Neill and, and jem Barsby and to Jem's credit, Jem has been very clutch this season. So she also took a lot of confidence going into the final. But Annie and Jem were striking it nicely. They were finding the boundary. Um, I witnessed a, a full stretch body dive from Nick Carey. And um, she stayed on the ground a little while after. Obviously, the, the body language was a little bit defeatist. And yeah, the Tassie girls knew that the, this partnership was probably going to be the uh, nail in the coffin. But the last over happened. And um, I remember I was sitting and watching it with Davey. And he he had written Tazzy off and I said look if anyone can can you know concede a a final over with two set batters and um it's got to be coity you know she's just so bloody accurate she can just land it on a dime every time she's got a sneaky little change ups and she's she's just so experienced she's she's got the right field set everything's in a, in her way when it comes to a, a high pressure situation and yeah it it was insane I think I don't know I, I think uh, the the Scorpions girls just had a little bit of a brain fuzz I think honestly it looked like their plan was just swing and, and if it, if you miss it at Nicks it could go for four kind of thing it was just one of those moments where there just wasn't clarity under pressure and yeah there was five wickets and six balls and it was the most insane thing that I've ever witnessed.
0: Yeah, it's moments like that in cricket that you often don't get to be a part of, but you always know they're possible. And Sarah, quit. it just looked like her standing at the top of her mark was like, I can do this no matter how we get it done. And to be fair, it was done in a very different way. You go dismissal Vani O'Neal, bold, it then brings in a new batter. Well-o, well and truly she- aware, yeah. I feel like, single to third, done. A deflection off the stumps, which could have nearly been a two, but Barsby had sprinted through. And then you go Barsby stumped, incredible stumping by Emma Mannix Jeeves. I think under pressure yeah. up to the stumps after a rain delay skidding on. Then you go, new batsman. In. Uh, you've got Ella Wilson who dot ball. And then no, she hits her back, sorry. And yeah, the, yeah, deflection the deflection onto the stump.
1: Oh my gosh. that Indoor is, skills. I'm telling you right yeah. now.
0: And she took the Colton Bowl to get Webb as well. That is hundred percent indoor cricket skills related. I I'll put I'm taking yeah, indoor cricket deserves <laughs> a big tick for that. Especially it looked like she Literally like just, just guided that ball that. onto the stumps. She had it sorted and then we see, yeah, the OUW of Ella Wilson and then the run out hit straight to mid off and you can't complain the other tail enders for, for giving it a red hot crack. And, yeah, they failed to chase that reduced total of 2-4-2 of two, two that was set to them. And it's, it's tricky because you look back at that and you go, there was a big partnership and ways to go about it. Decision-making, execution are often the two things we go back and look at. And I think in different moments, they were both at fault in terms of whether it was the right decision to make or whether they've mis-executed. Uh, saying that, some teams find ways to win games and some find ways to lose. We see that with the Australian team at the moment. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy feeling to think that's possible in a game of cricket, but we've just seen it happen. So it's reminded us all that that is very possible, and yeah, we'll go down as one of the best W N C L finals I reckon in a in a very long time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think this W N C L season has just been really exciting, and it's there's been so many close games. You know, we were we were involved in a really close game against SA um, at their home ground at Casa Rolton. So. Yeah, it's, just, it's been really cool to see the competition get closer and closer and, and tougher and tougher. And, yeah, I'm really excited to see how the, the next few years of, of uh, domestic cricket in Australia develops because at the moment we're on the right track to creating something that's super exciting and really competitive and, yeah, only strengthens uh, Australian cricket, which is worrying knowing how bloody good it is at the moment. So it's a really exciting time to be a part of it
0: bonus ep of she's in the game has come out and we see events occur that we want to update you with as soon as possible and yeah we we post our episodes every 10 days but keep an eye out for these bonus episodes where we fill you in with some content that's happening live and yeah thanks for tuning in to season one bonus ep one australian are world champions
1: you'll see you guys later